Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Reel Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And in this episode, we will be violating rules one and two because we will be talking about Fight Club. But before we do, uh, we are recording this on the Wednesday after DC Fandom. And surprise, surprise, we got some new trailers, Jeremy. (laughs) It's about time, right? Yeah. Finally, DC putting out some stuff that I'm super excited for. I know. I, I, it's kind of a weird feeling because I actually had that same feeling too before um, when some of their stuff would come out What within the last what five or six years or whatever it's been. It's like, oh, DC came out with stuff. I'm like, eh. Yeah, like uh, Wonder Woman was like really good. And of course, like whenever there's like Batman or Superman news. But other than that, even the Aquaman movie, I'm like, ah. Eh. It's okay. Yeah. I, I Some of these uh, later films have been a little bit more entertaining. I think it started with uh, Wonder Woman for me, and and it continued with Aquaman and uh, Shazam. Those were pretty entertaining to me as well. So um, that being said, with the new trailers, I wanted to highlight, I guess, the main ones that did come out for DC Fandom. Uh, the first one I wanted to mention was the uh, brand new trailer for Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, the other trailer I wanted to mention was the teaser trailer for the Suicide Squad reboot uh, directed by uh, James Gunn. Uh, the next uh, teaser trailer was for the Justice League Snyder Cut, which will be out on HBO Max next year, in 2021, hopefully. Fingers crossed. And uh, the last trailer that i wanted to touch on and mention is the teaser trailer that came out for matt reeves the batman and so jeremy out of these four which trailer got you the most hype well you know how big of a fan i am of batman and so when this trailer dropped it was pretty much what i wanted to see from this movie you know a different tone than the dark knight trilogy or uh, ben Affleck's Batman. It's it, whenever we get like a new Batman, uh, you want to see something different. And just from this trailer, I'm like, ooh, this this is different. But yeah. I I like it so far. Oh, I know. I, I don't know if you heard. I I just thought it was pretty crazy that I, I saw it somewhere online that Matt Reeves has only filmed about twenty five to thirty percent of the film, and to be able to cut. A trailer that good for obviously a huge thing for DC, um, you know, with you know with COVID and everything, but uh, with them trying to highlight a lot of their future films, including you know, I, I didn't even mention what the Flash and um, what are some of, some of the other ones that I missed. I know there were some video uh, game trailers. Yeah, like Gotham Knights, I thought was a pretty cool video game trailer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, they were able to just put 
that all together uh, in with just a limited amount of uh, footage that has uh, have that has been filmed, especially during these COVID times. And so, I I agree with you. I mean, with Wonder Woman, I I like the first. I I actually really like the first. One. I still think it's probably the best one so far out, out of these new DC films. Uh, Suicide Squad. I'm trying to temper my expectations. I'm hoping to have that whole feeling that I had for Guardians of the Galaxy. I had no expectations and I was blown away. Uh, you know, like I was totally entertained by the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm hoping that if I don't like think about it too much and hopefully James Gunn can just surprise me one more time. And then uh, with the Justice League Snyder cut, I mean, Justice League is what it is. I'm like, okay, I'm going to temper my expectations because I mean, how much better can it get? But if if I'm wrong and Zack Snyder delivers, then, you know, again, the whole expectations things for me. And so for me, like you, the reason why I picked Matt Reeves, the Batman is because different tone as well. Uh, I like how uh, they introduced uh, a bunch of villains, like three, three of them, right? Uh, The Riddler. Riddler. Riddler looks scary, man. I know, and it's totally different than Jim Carrey's, Jim Carrey's. Uh, <laughs> Batman Forever, no or even green in spandex. like, yeah, or even in the animated series or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Totally different, and I love what they did there, and and just kind of gave it a little bit of a flavor. Um, dude, did you notice? Uh, wait, uh, what's his name? Uh, Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Yeah, oh as goodness. the Penguin. Yeah, man, I did not. I it took me like three viewings of the trailer to uh finally recognize like oh shoot is that is that supposed to be penguin is that supposed to be colin farrell i'm like what the hell is happening dude i paused the trailer and it when it was like that clear shot of him and i still couldn't see colin farrell within all that makeup that that they had for him playing Os- uh oswald cobblepot yep. did i get that right mm-hmm but yeah, it was uh, it was really good. Um, and then I like how they incorporated like the the riddles of you know of the Riddler and everything. And you know, I think there was a lot of people that kind of decoded that. Did you see that? I don't. I'm trying. Like I know that someone decoded it already, but I kind of try to stay away from. It. I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Uh, then I won't spoil it here on this podcast. Uh, but I did see it, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, all right." It was pretty good. It was a good. Um, answer or it was a good riddle and it was a good answer to it and i'm kind of curious to see how they kind of weave it together with uh within the with the story and everything so um anything else that i'm missing uh in terms of dc fandom well i do i really actually like the snyder cut trailer mm-hmm. uh yeah just the way it was put together and i think the stuff that they showed in the trailer got me uh you know just a little bit more hyped just the fact that we're getting it at all uh and it's gonna be four i think i'm a little disappointed that it's four one hour segments yeah i agree i mean i would have been fine with uh if they cut it uh, or split it up into maybe two 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 hour um portions and then i think well why don't you tell the podcast audience what you told me on a previous conversation on what you would prefer uh, about them splitting that up yeah, because I think, you know, what they really want to do with this splitting up into four weeks or what whatnot is, you know, they really want to uh, take advantage of membership, right? And if they have it into four weeks, that just expands uh, people's membership time. So I was like, oh, if you released it 
like a two hour length movie one month and then another two hour length movie the next month. Basically, you get two months for these people. And for me, I just like, you know, uh, if you just sit down for two hours, just like a regular movie, that'd be awesome. And then if you want to see part two the next month, because one month isn't that long, mm-hmm. but having it like one hour snippets every week, I'm, I'm don't get me wrong. Like, I, I love that we're getting four hours of, uh, of Justice League. Uh, but just one hour sometimes it goes by quick. It does go by quick. I mean, I remember when uh, the Mandalorian came out and they, those were like, what, 35 minutes? It's just like, it went by so quick. I'm like, oh man, I got to wait another week. And so I feel like this could be the potential, of like kind of like feeling like that, where it's like, okay, you watch one hour and I would imagine they're going to try to come up with some sort of... Um, like cliffhanger to set up the the next episode or whatever. But I like your idea better in terms of kind of releasing two feature films and and like just having that split into two separate things, two separate entities. And you could still end that first movie um, in a, uh, you know, like some sort of cliffhanger fashion to set up the second half of that. So, man. Kind of a missed well, opportunity, I think. Yeah, and I think on a business perspective, it's about the same. So I don't know. They must have thought about it. You know, they're they're the uh, multi-billion corporation, all that stuff. They, they must know what they're doing. But as long as it comes out next year, <laughs> then <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like we have to wait to get into movie theaters to watch it because it will be released on HBO Max, which happens to be one of our favorite streaming services. Right, Jeremy? Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of HBO Max and other streaming services, uh, every week we do have uh, a kind of a podcast ritual where we do uh, talk about and share one notable movie or TV show that we've watched within the past week. And so, Jeremy, do you want to share uh, one movie or a TV show that you've watched in this last week? Yeah, one movie I watched actually on Disney Plus this time. I rarely watch on Disney Plus, honestly. <laughs> I haven't watched much on Disney Plus except for some of the Marvel movies and The Mandalorian. I finally watched The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman. Oh, wait, is that the one with uh, Zac Efron too? Zac Efron, Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it's uh, it's a bit of a cheesy movie, but man, I was uh, pretty entertained just from start to finish. I think the first half of the movie's uh, better than the second half in terms of story, but or in the way like it intrigued me. But every musical beat of the movie, uh, I enjoyed thoroughly. Because but every time they like stopped singing, I was like, okay, let's get to the next song. But uh, yeah, normally I, you know, I don't actively go out and look for musicals, but The Greatest Showman, I finally got to see it. And Hugh Jackman, just seeing him like sing is pretty crazy. Well, I don't know. I guess you haven't watched Les Miserables. I haven't. Yeah, because he was, you know, he's featured prominently in it. He was really good in that. And, you know, uh, I'm kind of like you. Like, I have to be in the mood to watch a musical. And uh, but if it's done well, I do enjoy musicals and, uh, you know, Hamilton comes to mind, you know, something that recently got released on Disney Plus as well. 
I need to check that out too. You, I think you should, especially coming off of uh, the Greatest Showman. I think you're since you're still in that mode, you might want to maybe watch that. And you know, I don't want to spoil it for next week, and you might pick something completely different. But hey, you might want to share your thoughts on Hamil- Hamilton for for uh, for next week. It's pretty long, right? Yeah, uh, it's a- three and a half hours. I think I, I I forget. I watched it like that first week, and it got released in. Um, on Disney Plus, but it's good, and there is a uh, an, an intermission. A yeah, because we om- like we almost were gonna go watch it live, and then COVID yes. happened. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to watching it for the first time live. We got we ended up getting good a good deal on it, right? We didn't have to pay like two to three hundred dollars <laughs> for yeah. like nosebleeds, and yeah. uh, we were supposed to watch this past. I think it was May, right? Something yeah, like either, that. Either late April or, or May, something like that. Yeah. And obviously, COVID just said, uh, no. Here's <laughs> <laughs> on Disney Plus instead. Exactly. Exactly. But I, you know what? I did enjoy it. So um, I think you would too. So uh, let me know what you think, or maybe even let the audience know what you think if you do uh, end up catching it in the near future. So uh, with, with my movie this, this week, I actually. Was going to share um, Wedding Crashers just because uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I ended up watching it for the first time in a long time. But because we're talking about Fight Club this week, I, I did a quick audible. Uh, I just thought about it. And I did watch it this past week. On Hulu, Jeremy, mm-hmm. I watched Liar Liar. Liar Liar. Dang, that's a that's another movie of Jim Carrey's. Yes, it is. So um, for those of you who don't remember, Liar Liar is a 1997 comedy starring Jim Carrey and uh, Mara Tierney. Uh, Basically, the premise is Jim Carrey's a lawyer and uh, he kind of disappoints his son a lot over and over in the beginning of the film and he keeps lying. And so uh, when his five-year-old son has a birthday wish, he wishes that his dad doesn't, you know, that he can't lie for 24 hours. And so... Um, I think the significance of this um, movie for me is that I forget how good it is. It's legitimately funny. And I feel like it's an underrated Jim Carrey performance. I mean, kind of gets lost in the shuffle between, you know, with Dumb and Dumber and um, what are some of the other ones? Like uh, Truman Show. Mm. Uh, the, what's that one movie with um, Kate Winslet? The Eternal. Oh, I always Eternal. screw up that. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. mind. There you go. Yeah, that kind of gets brought up uh, with uh, as far as classic Jim Carrey films. But this one, I think, holds up still, uh, even, what, 23 years later. So good. And the reason why I mentioned it for this episode is that, Jeremy, I'm going to test your memory. Do you remember that one scene when he's trying to get out of, like, appearing in court because he still can't lie, right? And then he's in the bathroom, and all of a sudden he gets into the scene where he's basically fighting himself. Shoot. Do you remember that? Dude, I haven't watched Liar Liar in forever. Oh, but I, I I get it kind of mixed up with uh me, myself, and Irene. Oh, that one's actually not bad either. Anyway, in this scene, kind of a spoiler, um, you can watch it on Hulu right now. He's basically trying to think of a, 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 an excuse so that he can get a continuance on 
for the case that he's trying to defend. But so like he decides to basically beat himself up and he delivers this one classic line when there's this one dude that's just watching him beat himself up and he's like, what the heck am I looking at? Jim Carrey sees the guy and he goes, I'm kicking my ass. Do you mind? (laughs) It's so good the way he delivers it. And I just thought it was funny because in the movie that we're going to be talking about in this episode, we watch Ed Norton kick his own ass so many times throughout the movie. And I just thought it was funny. And I don't know, it might be uh, maybe it might be a poll question. I'll, I'll still try to figure it out for uh, for tomorrow when when we do come up with this uh, with this poll for this uh, for this episode. So check it out, liar liar. It still holds up. It's pretty good, especially if you do like Jim Carrey. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out sometime. <laughs> so um, last week, uh, just doing a little bit of episode cleanup. Uh, last week we did talk about one of Jeremy's favorite um, movies nightcrawler and uh this past tuesday we ran our weekly reel poll and so jeremy do you want to share uh the share with the audience what the poll was and what the results were yeah so we had a poll running on all our social medias and the poll was what is jake gyllenhaal's best movie uh so some of the options we gave were brothers nightcrawler Zodiac, and then we also left out the option for write-in votes. Uh, ultimately, Nightcrawler did win at fifty-three percent, uh, but we did get some. Like I said, we did get in some write-in votes, and uh, they mentioned like movies like Jarhead, Brokeback Mountain. Uh, one personally, I really like uh, End of Watch. So intense. Another yeah, underrated. Underrated. I think that's is that David Ayer? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, and then another movie, Love and Other Drugs, right? Yes, definitely. I love Love and Other Drugs. And so, yeah, I mean, we are going to have these polls out every Tuesday following an episode release, and we do release episodes every Monday. And so, keep an eye out on these episode related polls on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook every Tuesday. And so Jeremy, where can um, our listeners follow us on social media? They can follow us at weekly real specifically on our Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Facebook is there. <laughs> yeah. Facebook's there. It's, not, it's not our generation. It's, it's there, but you know what? We understand that uh, a lot of our listeners do, uh, you know, are, they're pretty active on Facebook. And so we definitely want to, we don't want to forget about you guys as well. So um, this week we are talking about one of my movies. So this week is my week and the movie that I chose that Jeremy hadn't seen prior to this past week is Fight Club. And so uh, for those of you who need a, a little bit of a refresher on what Fight Club was about, it is about an insomniac office worker played by Edward Norton and a free spirit soap maker played by Brad Pitt. And they form an underground fight club to find a true awakening of self. And so uh, before we uh, do a deep dive on fight club, I wanted to uh, warn you uh, all out there uh, that we will be talking about heavy spoilers about this movie. And so if you want to hit pause, feel free to do so on your favorite podcast app 
And then you can watch Fight Club right now. It's actually currently streaming on HBO Max. And so um, are we sponsored yet by HBO Max? Not yet. We should probably email them. <laughs> I know we should probably see what we can get away with. Uh, and I don't mind doing those live readings, HBO. I definitely would like to be able to uh, promote your content. But thank you, HBO Max, for allowing us to rewatch Fight Club or, in Jeremy's case, watch Fight Club for the first time. And so, Jeremy, since this was your first time watching Fight Club, do you remember what your expectations were um, before watching Fight Club? Yeah, so, like, Fight Club. Like, if you love movies, you, like you cannot have heard of Fight Club, right? It's like one of those movies. Uh, and I, of course, yeah, I heard of it. And, you know, I've always uh, remembered the poster where it has uh, Brad Pitt holding up the the soap bar soap. and all that stuff. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was always wondering, I'm like, why is he holding up a soap? <laughs> and I never understood that uh, until I, obviously until I watched the movie. And expectations man like i didn't know too much of the story i knew it was a bit of a mind mind fuck i guess yeah uh-huh. uh and clearly it is another another instance that I, the movie was mentioned before i actually watched it someone in my communications class a long time not a long time ago a few years ago uh mentioned that his uh role model was tyler Durden. mm-hmm and I was like, "Isn't that the Fight Club guy? <laughs> isn't that Brad Pitt? Is he? Isn't he like not real? We're all, all uh, mentioning like real life people, like as our role models." And he mentioned like Brad Pitt. I was like, "Tyler Durden." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, not not only Ty, uh, Brad Pitt, but uh, a role that Brad Pitt <laughs> played. Like, played. You know, it's it's not even a real person." Yeah, I was like. Uh, like okay it's it's a fake person i get it you know i like batman (laughs) but um but now i now i can kind of see after watching the movie i kind of get it now in terms of his um what's the word mindset and mentality oh yeah i i totally understand now um i mean you know in terms of like why he would mention it especially in one of you know that particular class that you're talking about i could see how he can um he can idolize Tyler Durden because, you know, he embodies what a lot of us want to be like, right? Yeah, just like very confident, outspoken, just willing to do anything that you want to get what you want. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we mentioned Tyler Durden, um, which was technically officially played by Brad Pitt on IMDb. Uh, you know, what were your some of your thoughts on the film? And then we'll get to the whole like plot twist later. But go ahead and give your kind of like your thoughts as you were watching Fight Club for the first time. Yeah, just initially, uh, when the movie started with the narration from Edward Norton, and obviously that continued throughout the movie, I didn't know that was going to be a huge aspect of the movie uh, before going in. And Normally, you know, I I do like narration when it's done really well. And this movie is like it nails narration because it's it's funny and it gives you insight to uh the the narrator. 
And shoot, I just, I think that was one of my favorite aspects of the film. I like where you really get to dive deep into uh, the main character and their thoughts. Yeah, you're basically inside uh, Edward Norton's head, right? Like in terms of like the thought process, you could kind of hear like, you know, just like just random stuff that kind of makes you like laugh or whatever or mm-hmm. something, you know, some things are serious, but you basically kind of get the whole spectrum of, you know, what he's kind of thinking about in that particular, in whatever scene that he's, that's currently on, on, on the screen. Oh, uh, another thing that I forgot about was um, I didn't know that the whole like Project Mayhem was going to be a, a thing <laughs> like before <laughs> watching the movie. I was like, are they really just becoming like a, like a cult terrorist group right now? <laughs> I'm like, I did not expect this from this movie. At least, you know, going in, I was spoiled, uh, spoiled for, you know, the twist um, that, you know, I'll get into a little bit, but I didn't expect Project Mayhem. So at least not the whole movie was spoiled for me. So I'm glad for that. Oh, I know. I mean, that's kind of the worst thing is just to be spoiled on something that is it, it basically makes the movie you know what i mean i remember i won't mention what the spoiler was but i remember a long time ago uh you know i'm as you know and listeners will know i'm i'm i've i've been a huge game of thrones fan even despite the you know the way it ended the the show but as the tv show was going especially in its prime i found out about a major spoiler and it was i found about the spoiler maybe like three years before it actually aired because it was from a book reader and so it took away a little bit of my enjoyment because it was one of those um, scenes where it should have been gratifying but the fact that i already knew it was coming kind of took it away and so did you feel that same way um like because you were spoiled about the plot twist in fight club um well honestly knowing the twist of um you know the narrator is actually or brad pitt's character is uh, basically imaginary it's <laughs> yeah. all in his mind yeah. i think kind of it did kind of ruin the the movie a little bit mm-hmm. honestly um but at the same time uh at least that going in knowing that you know, he wasn't, he's not actually there. You can actually pay attention to some of the little details and I guess hints that he was not actually there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think so much of the movie, uh, he's not revealed, right? It's like, I think yeah. they don't reveal him to be not there until maybe tw- the last 25, 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah, it was it was pretty late in the movie when they finally did reveal that uh, Tyler Durden is actually Edward Norton, <laughs> and they're actually one person. Yeah, and, so I wish, like, at least for the my sake, I knew that, or like, if it was, if it was revealed a little bit early on, maybe like halfway, then I would be okay. But it's like, man, it's so late into the movie. I'm like, ah, kind of ruined it a little bit, R- ruined the magic a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I just remember when it was, uh, I don't know. I, it was one, like when I watched this film before, I wasn't really dissecting movies that deep as, you know, kind of like what we've been doing these last several years when we'd have our conversations. Um, like for me, 
I was blown away because I, I wasn't expecting that whole thing. And, you know, when you watch it a second, third, you know, and so forth, then you're basically just trying to watch it for like these clues. Right. Mm-hmm. And so is that what you try to do? Like when you were watching it for the first time, because you already knew that you were already looking for clues. Yeah. Like straight, straight off the bat. I was like looking for clues on like, Oh, is this where they're like, uh, just little things in like his narration, uh, and how he kind of interacts, uh, how Tyler Durden act, interacts with other people, or if people see him or not, or if anyone like acknowledges him or not. And like the whole movie, they don't even say the narrator's name, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, stuff like that, I was like paying attention to. You know, it's something that you know, like you said, you would you would do on a second or third rewatch. Mm-hmm. So I, and, you know, I do feel kind of robbed of a uh the full experience the full experience yeah no but uh do you remember one specific thing that are like okay that's probably where maybe some people will figure it out one specific clue uh yeah for sure two i had oh that people would uh or even you i think the first one i really remember was the the police mentioned that the explosion could have been prepared by the narrator before he went on his flight. Mm. And then, um, what's his name? Tyler Durden mentioned on the plane, like about explosives and all that stuff. I'm like, uh, that's, that's the obvious one right there. Uh, the second big hint was like Tyler's having uh, sex with Marla. Oh, and then Tyler and Marla never have like, they never interact outside of like their room they're never in like the same room together i think was another obvious one yeah one one that i did notice this uh latest rewatch was the briefcase i didn't didn't catch that the first i was like oh (laughs) we have the same briefcase (laughs) and so i'm like oh yeah that's kind of a another obvious one uh that you know you don't when you're not really thinking about it especially when you're not really watching too like intently you could it, it could be something that you totally miss Mm-hmm. Because that that was weird, right? Like, kind of his first his first appearance. He was, I think, Edward Norton. It was like this montage of of plane sequences, and he was sitting next to a woman, and then all of a sudden he's sitting next to Brad Pitt. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should we should have known just because, like, you know how they had uh, these you know montages or whatever, where especially like when he's in the airport and they're like kind of crossing paths, but they're not looking at each other. Um, there's just like certain scenes like that where it's like, oh, it's kind of too much of a coincidence for them to like keep running to each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, and I don't know, it's like they met at the bar and all that stuff is that, that later on when they actually reveal the twist and Edward Norton's beating himself up. Um, it reminds me of uh, that episode in Spongebob if uh, there's anyone that knows that one Spongebob episode when Patrick's like beating himself up Mm -hmm. it reminds you of that Uh, so if if anyone knows what I'm talking about look look that up or at least look up a gif I call them gif not gifs yes because the G in gif stands for graphic with a G (laughs) that's just me (laughs) I know. See, okay. See, we're on the same page on that. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure. And plus, Jif is peanut butter. Yeah, that, that's what I'm. Okay. Yeah, getting triggered now. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I agree with you in terms of, um, you know, just, you know, these little clues or whatever. I, I, it, I remember certain, th- um, you know, shows that I've watched that have been influenced majorly uh, with Fight Club. One that comes to my mind, and I'll try not to go into specific spoilers, but Mr. Robot is... Uh, a show that was it it already ended it had four seasons it was starring rami malik and the entire premise uh well i wouldn't say the entire premise but a, a good chunk of the premise of season one especially was definitely influenced by uh fight club and uh, certain um things that they paid uh homage to and so uh there's just kind of like little things like that there's other shows like uh even westworld like the latest season there was like this uh homage um also i won't tell you what part of the season i won't mention any specific scenes for those of you who are still watching uh these shows and even a rom-com a holiday rom-com was influenced by uh fight club in my opinion I, like my mom was watching last christmas on hbo max and there's a <laughs> twist oh, in yeah. that film <laughs> did, you, did you watch it i actually watched it yeah, yeah I, was like, so- <laughs> I felt robbed after i'm like what are you kidding me yeah we won't mention what the twist is but let's just say it kind of had a fight club-esque <laughs> twist to it <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just thought it was funny that, you know, I mean, it's been more than 20 years later, 21 years now for Fight Club came out in 99. There's still like shows and there's still movies that are influenced uh, by Fight Club and just like the whole psychological um, feeling of what this film portrayed. They just did such a good job doing it. And so uh, I'm guessing you enjoyed the film. Yeah. Dude, I liked um, uh, I liked it. I, I probably could have liked it more if I wasn't spoiled. Yeah, uh, yeah. One movie though that uh, I just thought of randomly uh, that could have possibly been influenced by Fight Club uh, was the movie Upgrade. It's a uh, sci-fi, low-budget sci-fi movie that was actually really good. Came out in uh, twenty eighteen. Uh, I think it had a basically a guy implanted with an AI. And whenever he gets into like fights or something like that, uh, he can basically say to the AI, like take over. And then the AI like controls his body. And I I feel like that was one that um, may have been inspired by fight club, especially all like the twists and turns that it goes through. Um, So if you want another uh, bit gritty, violent, maybe slightly inspired by fight club upgrade is a, Another movie. Is it streaming anywhere right now? It was on HBO Max. (laughs) Oh, it was. (laughs) It was. I think it might have left. Oh, well, you know what? You can always like try to uh, red box it. Worst case scenario or go on like Amazon or or YouTube. YouTube, you do rentals, right? Yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So Amazon, YouTube, you could always rent it there and do it legitimately because, you know, we don't condone streaming. Well, I won't say anything. Anyway, um, Fight Club had a bunch of uh, good hypothetical questions, actually. And and we're going to actually kind of hit some of these topics uh, that both Ed Ed Norton and Brad Pitt did talk about. And so you're going to like this first one, Jeremy. And I'm going to try to set this one up a little. I'll try to do my best to do this one right. And so 
in the beginning of the film, and this is when Ed Norton's still going into like these support groups, right? And so in one of the support groups, there's this uh, mediator, I think that's what they're called. They're running these meetings, right? And uh, he is like in that part where he is finally getting some sleep. His insomnia is um, being cured or whatever. And it's because of, of these support groups. And one of the support groups, mediators asking everyone in a very calm voice. And I'm going to try to do my calm voice right now. She goes, this lady goes, step forward into your cave. And as you go deeper into your cave, you'll find your power animal. So Jeremy, what is your power animal that you would find deep in your cave? Whew. It's a bat. Cause I'm vengeance. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I forgot to mention that actually you know, when we we're talking about the Batman trailer. Yeah. <laughs> such a, I thought it was such a cool moment. <laughs> but uh, no, it's not a bat. Um, I, for some reason, the first thing I thought of was a, a cheetah. Because oh. they're super fast, and I, I always liked. It's like if that was like if I could have a power or something like that. Just to think, think quick, move quick. I'm like a cheetah. Mm, so you'd be kind of like the Flash. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, the cheetah. I didn't even th- think about cheetah. Actually, you know it's pretty cool. Um, it's kind of random, but I do remember visiting a cheetah converse, uh cheetah conservation over in Africa uh, in 2014. And oh man, it, it's it's amazing to be able to see cheetahs run up close i mean yeah they're you know they're trained or whatever and they have like these um you know they they're trained they're well trained and you get to see them kind of run from end to end um one thing i didn't know that you know even though they're fast they get tired real quick and so they'll do these sprints or whatever but then they'll just like chill for a little bit and then <laughs> they'll have like this rotation you and you'll see these other you know other cheetahs i think we saw two of them so they would kind of like switch off and so just something I wanted to mention. I should probably show you the some of the footage that I took on my phone uh, whenever I see you next. Uh, yeah, for sure. That would be pretty sick. Yeah, since this is your power animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what's my, pa- uh, my power animal is um, is a koala. Um, kind of a random one. Uh, and I don't know if it was because, you know, koala starts with a K, you know, like me, like my name. Uh, but as I was kind of reading up on koalas, um, I just thought it was like, oh man, this really is my power animal. Really, it's a, my spiritual animal in that I read that they can sleep for up to 20 hours a day. I mean, I used to be able to do that easy. I mean, I can't do that as much now, but man, the idea of getting 20 hours of sleep, it sounds nice. Um, especially since I'm a little sleep deprived right now. I won't say how much I got or how little I got last night, but let's just say it wasn't that much. Uh, but 20 hours of sleep sounds really good right now. And also, I noticed, I actually read that they're also solitary animals. And it's definitely something that I can relate with, especially since we're still kind of in our, what, COVID uh, shelter in place sort of thing, you know, like try to social distance myself. And so this is like kind of natural to me sometimes, you know, like I'm like, I kind of want to social distance distance myself. And so uh, a koala is definitely the power animal 
that I did think about. I was thinking about a sloth too, you know, thinking Ice Age. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, w- I was thinking Zootopia when you said sloth. Oh, there you go. Oh, you know, I haven't seen Zootopia. Maybe that's why I didn't think about it. But I think it's a good one if you want to check it out. Yeah. Well, I was thinking uh, more John Leguizamo. Oh, he did uh, <laughs> mention uh, Chef. He was the yeah. one that voiced Sid the sloth in in Ice Age. So, he, he, I think I thought he did a really good job in that movie. Anyway, let's move on to our next hypothetical uh, within the film, and this it, these next two are actually kind of related, and so. Uh, within the film, you know, Brad Pitt's character, Tyler Durden, is, you know, he's a- asking his other self, the narrator, Ed Norton, uh, just random fighting questions. And so, Jeremy, I'll ask you this first one. If you could fight any celebrity, who would you fight? You kind of mentioned it before when we were having a little bit of conversation. I would fight Tom Cruise, man. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I have a reasoning. It's not just because, you know, he's not just because he's Tom Cruise. I feel like, you know, Tom Cruise is a friendly guy and he would like, it's like, oh, you want to fight for fun? Let's fight for fun. Let's, you know, let's do it. He'd be down, I feel like. Um, yeah. And I'm not the biggest guy. He's not the yeah. biggest guy. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the we're in the same like uh, uh, kind of weight, weight class. class. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Fair fight. <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise can can kick my butt, but you know, at least I can give myself a chance. We're in the same like weight class, like you said. I think that would be a that'd be a fun one. <laughs> that would be man. That was so, that's so funny. I almost picked Tom Cruise. Uh, we were talking about it in pre production, um, and well, my reasoning, if I were to pick him, I didn't pick him, by the way was you know just that. I was like, oh man, you know, I think it'd be a good kind of scrap. He's energetic. Obviously, you know, you see him how he runs in every movie and, you know, he's not that tall. So I was like, oh, man, maybe, maybe I get a little bit of a reach advantage a little bit, maybe <laughs> stick the jab a little bit. Um, and so that I almost picked him. I just thought it was funny. That's ah, so funny that you ended up picking Tom Cruise. Any other reasons why you picked Tom Cruise? I'm kind of curious. Uh, no, I think just I feel like, you know, deep down, he's crazy. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like who knows maybe if we got in a fight he would just unleash the beast but at the same time you know we can shake hands after i can definitely see that especially you know with um some of these action uh films that he's done recently you know the mission impossibles or whatever with the shaky cam similar to like what i want to say born night i want to say born identity started the whole revolution of doing that i could be wrong if, for better or worse yeah exactly but um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like he could take Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, Tom, if you're listening, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, the celebrity I ended up choosing, um, this is the second one that I thought of because I was thinking Tom Cruise. Ended up thinking of a better one. I think I thought of Seth Rogen. Here's why. <laughs> yeah. I picked Seth Rogen because even though he's kind of a bigger dude, I feel like I got a little bit more of a quickness advantage. You know, I feel like I could kind of like stick and move, stick and move a little bit. And um, I think he's, you know, got that chill personality. And so I feel like if I maybe take like a, I don't know, shot of Red Bull or something like that, I get like just a dose of adrenaline or something like that. Maybe I can like land a lucky shot. And uh, see if I can maybe <laughs> knock out Seth Rogen. And I thought it'd be pretty cool to be able to 
have beers after the fight too. <laughs> with <Seth> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like you know you're choosing the celebrities based on like their personality if they won't like hold a grudge after because you know that's what like Fight Club was all about, right? It's like you do the fight, that's it. Right, and it, it, it kind of reminded me of some of the fights that were in the movie. Uh, I just thought it was funny when um, uh, Ed Norton was fighting uh, Meatloaf, uh, R- Robert oh. Paulson. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, that's kind of like the image that I had, you know, because you know Seth Rogen is more of a bigger guy, I'm uh, you know a little bit more slender, and so obviously I'd be basically moving up in weight and kind of giving up, uh, I don't know, fifty pounds at least, maybe more. Hundred pounds? Mm. I don't know how. I don't know how much you weigh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, I don't even but. know how uh, how tall Seth Rogen is. I yeah. looked up Tom Cruise's uh, height too. Well, how tall is he? Or short? He's uh, five seven. Oh, so you like, know what? For some reason, I thought he was like shorter. I thought he was always like five five, five six. Who knows? Maybe Google's uh, giving it to him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're being generous. <laughs> yeah, or else uh, you know, Google will like shut down somehow. I don't know. <laughs> oh man but yeah I, I just thought it was a pretty fun um fr- fun topic but here's the last one of the hypotheticals jeremy if you could fight any historical figure who would you fight all right so i th- I feel like the one i picked would be one that a lot of people would pick i chose hitler <laughs> <laughs> like inglorious bastards <laughs> yeah like inglorious bastards another B- brad pitt movie and you know just you know you want to be like captain america and be and say that you you punched hitler so yes even even in uh, a musical <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i feel like you know just just to, just to get that chance to fight hitler i think it would because you know i think tyler durden was like i want to fight um Abraham Lincoln, you know, his yeah. he has a good reach and all that stuff. But I'm like, you know, what about one of those historical figures that's you just don't like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I actually thought about Hitler too, because you know, it's one of those where it's like, okay, uh, let's go through the list of dictators. <laughs> Hitler, I was thinking Fidel Castro, you know, just just kind of going down the line and um I ended up picking someone else, but um the you know the the guy that I picked, it's kind of a random one. I would fight Charles Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, initially I almost said, Let's, I want to fight Albert Einstein. Let's see who's smart now. <laughs> no, I'm just but at the same time, I'm like, you know, that's it, 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 you want it to be satisfying. You're not going to punch an old man, but. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You know, let's just be clear. I, I picked Charles Darwin <laughs> in his prime, you know, in my own age, okay. same age. You know, I wouldn't I fight him like hella old or whatever. that'd be kind of messed up. But, but why did you choose him? Well, Charles Darwin. Okay. So Darwin, obviously Darwinism, evolution or whatever. I don't believe in, in that. I, you know, I have my own spiritual, personal beliefs and I thought it'd be pretty cool. Like kind of like a grudge match, you know, in terms of like the conflicting beliefs. Um, <laughs> and then, and let's say, for example, I do win. It would be pretty cool to talk smack to Charles Darwin. would be like, hey, hey, bitch, that's like natural selection at its best. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, just use his own, his own yeah. theories against him. Yeah, exactly. And so I just thought it would be pretty fun just to just to fight Charles Darwin like in that in that regard. 
Because it's not like one that you really think about, you know, like a Hitler or whoever. That's true. So, so. You're not going to want to fight like Martin Luther King Jr. or something like that. So I felt like you know, our ones are pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I was trying to think of something outside of the box, like in the Abraham. Because, I mean, really, who thinks about Abraham Lincoln like uh, like Brad Pitt did? Or mm-hmm. or Ga- was it Gandhi, right? That Ed Norton picked? <laughs> That's messed up, man. I know. He's so peaceful. He's so, like, docile. I'm like, dude, why would you want to? Why would you want to bully Gandhi. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it. And at the same time, you don't want an easy fight. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. But yeah, so all you listeners out there, hey, if you want to join in in the uh, uh, join in on the conversation uh, with topics like these, um, you could definitely interact with us on all of our social media platforms. Uh, Jeremy, what are those platforms again? So you can follow us on like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Weekly Real. Yes, and also you can uh, get back to us and send us uh, more long form responses on some of these. Um, and you could send us emails to our email address, which is weeklyrealpod at gmail And so I wanted to uh, mention this question, this week's question to all the listeners out there. What are your favorite movie alter egos? And so my favorite movie alter ego is from uh, my favorite TV show of all time, Breaking Bad. Um, and that's Walter White and his alter ego, Heisenberg. And so, uh, Jeremy, what is maybe one movie alter ego that you would like to mention for the listeners out there? Uh, I think the alter ego I would mention would be Walter Mitty in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I don't know. I just like enjoy that movie and just him and his dream sequences i feel like is a good enough alter ego i think we all feel like that sometimes yeah that's a good one because that's not an obvious one you know like an obvious one is like stuff that's in the mainstream with uh like especially these comic book movies or whatever but dude i i I almost forget about walter mitty i feel like ben stiller is a little underrated now especially since uh he came up with like so many you know, rewatchable movies. We need to do a Ben Stiller movie. Um, yeah. Ooh. I, like, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think I've watched Dodgeball. So <gasps> oh. I've watched Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you haven't watched Dodgeball, I have. We might make that an episode, you know, coming up. Well, you know, we'll, we'll try to mix it up a little bit in terms of different genres. Um, and so whenever we're thinking about doing a comedy, we might do Dodgeball. I think you would like it. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of co- quotables on the, in that movie. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. So again, please send us your feedback on your favorite movie alter ego. You could email us again at weeklyrealpod at gmail.com or you could hit us up on our social media. And so uh Jeremy, let's go ahead and take a quick break. All right, we are back, and Jeremy, you know what time it is? It's weekly real awards time. And no so, way! Oh yeah, this is uh, definitely uh, one of my favorite parts of the uh, of each episode. And so, uh, let's get into the awards. Uh, let's give out the first award. The first award today uh, for Fight Club uh, is the Marissa Tomei is Aunt May Award for what has aged well, just like Marissa Tomei, like fine wine, Jeremy. <laughs> 
why don't you share with us your winner for what uh for the marissa tomei's aunt may award dude i'm gonna give it to brad pitt <laughs> honestly <laughs> because just watching him in this movie and comparing him to um once upon a time in hollywood mm-hmm. man he still got it man just the the confidence and the charisma that he like displays to Brad Pitt like kills it in this movie kills it in honestly I thought he was the best part of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh sure. yeah I, I agree actually you know what's funny you know with our uh, weekly podcast ritual I was trying to find <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I wanted to watch that in preparation for this and I couldn't find it anywhere and I didn't want to stream it anywhere but anyway uh keep going sorry but yeah yeah brad pitt was my number one but i also mentioned ikea (laughs) 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 because it's like just buying stuff to to please yourself and just this fixation on ikea i think is still very relevant today yeah definitely i mean just just like items in general like uh with consumer items just the stuff that we buy just to make or make ourselves feel better it's it's i don't think it's ever gonna change (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. basically timeless it'll never go away but how about you well my winner uh for the marissa tomei is aunt may award is just this first quote the welcome to fight club the first rule of fight club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Dude, when I watched this scene 21 years later, I mean, I ended up watching it the, for the first time, probably what, Netflix DVD time. So what, 2004, 2005? So I, I was a little late to the whole Fight Club thing too. It still holds. Like it gets me hyped every time I watch this scene. I've watched this film probably now four or five times in my life and each time i watch it like if if this scene if i know the scene's about to come up oh man i'm turning the volume up and it still holds i feel like it'll hold in 20 30 40 years from now uh when uh 4k or hd will be like our version of what 144p (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can actually stand in the scene with brad pitt (laughs) yeah exactly that'd be pretty cool to be able to just be able to you know, uh, have some sort of hologram um, thing, and you can actually be there with Brad Pitt as he's giving that speech. I feel like that speech is just going to live on forever. It's it's one of the most iconic scenes in fil- uh, movie history. I think. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So, like, get you hyped. It does. Oh man. Well, you know what? Let's move on to the next award. Uh, the next award is uh, the opposite of this. This is the Happy Hogan Mullet Memorial Award for what has not aged well. So, Jeremy, what was your winner here? Uh, it would be the character of Marla, the way they kind of portrayed her, I think. If they made a character like her, I know there's they probably would, but uh, she's, especially in this day and age where... Um, really trying to push out uh, strong female characters. And I, you know, definitely for that. Mm-hmm. And Marla is probably the exact opposite of that. You know, yeah. she, she's not a strong female character in a way. She's, she is confident 
in herself, but at the same time, you can see that she's like clinging onto uh, the narrator or Tyler Durden, and just the way that she does some stuff. I don't know if the um, the way that she was portrayed. I don't know if people would take issue with that nowadays. Yeah, and I felt like um, you know our main characters. I, I don't think they treated her right. They kind of treated her like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that would definitely go. I mean, I mean, just just like you said, um, you know, definitely all for like strong female characters. I feel like they could have probably written her a little bit better. Um, and you know, I think if if this movie gets made in 2020 uh, now, I feel like uh, they would definitely make uh, some wholesale changes actually to her to her character, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. The main thing that probably doesn't hold up so well is how you know our two lead male characters treat her i guess mm-hmm. is definitely something would be a red flag of that would be waving in 2020 <laughs> for sure for sure uh well my winner for the happy hogan mullet memorial award is that one scene uh where uh, brad pitt is you know he's splicing together you know the reels ha huh? real <laughs> mm-hmm you get mm-hmm. it. I see. What, I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's spl- splicing together, you know, the reels, you know, for you know when they do uh, exchange them, you know, during the movie, and so he's like cutting up these reels, and I feel like this really didn't age so well, where he was just splicing together some really explicit images, like literally of an actual penis, like a huge. <laughs> it's just like a clear photo and it would just like appear in these uh in children's films and i I don't know i like a split second in a children's film yeah it would be one of the frames and obviously they portray the fact that like uh one of the kids definitely got a clear view of uh of the penis and i just don't think that would definitely go in 2020 i don't think that would that would Definitely be on the uh, editing floor for sure. <laughs> the cutting room floor. Yeah. But yeah, so let's move on to our next award. Our next award is, uh, I think, one of our favorites, right? I think we've had it for I every really like this so one. far. Mm-hmm. It is the Why is Gamora Award for favorite quote. And so, uh, Jeremy, th- I got this little caveat just because we've mentioned it a couple times already in uh, this episode. You can't pick that. Oh, the first rule of Fight Club is you can't talk about. It. You can't pick that for favorite quote. And so we're gonna handicap ourselves. So Jeremy, that's a good given. Yeah, I know that's that's everyone's favorite uh, quote. So other than that, what was your f- next favorite quote? <laughs> Just say. Yeah, one. Uh, you know when he when the narrator meets Tyler Durden on the plane, and you know they're having this conversation, all that stuff. And one quote that Tyler gives uh, when he leaves is, Now, a question of etiquette. As I pass, do I give the ass or the crotch? (laughs) 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 And and, and I feel like everyone asks themselves this question in either the airplane, in the movie theater. I ask myself this question all the time. Like, do, do I give the ass or the crotch? And, and such a relatable, like, inner inner thought. Dude, <laughs> it's so funny, too. I don't know if you noticed, but when he leaves his seat and he's trying to get uh, by Ed Norton, he 
he gives them the ass. Yeah. But when he's walking towards the bathroom and he's trying to get by the uh, the flight attendant, the female flight attendant, he definitely gives he gives her the crotch. Yeah, he gives her the, <laughs> the crotch. <laughs> it's something I didn't notice. Like uh, it's something I only noticed this past rewatch uh, for 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 this podcast episode. I just thought it was funny. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, it was one of the ones that I did want to mention as well. My my oh. honorable mention though would be actually at the end of the movie, uh, again by Brad Pitt. I don't know why. It's probably because Tyler Durden's the probably best character of the movie. But he's like, okay, you are you are now firing a gun at your imaginary friend near four hundred gallons of nitroglycerin. <laughs> and I like that he just like he's self aware that he knows that he's an imaginary friend. Oh yeah, that was so good. And dude, like he shot the window right in the back of the van. Yeah, and that thing could have exploded right then and there. Oh yeah, that would have moved, ended the movie about what ten minutes earlier. <laughs> <laughs> roll the credits. Roll the credits. Well, my winner for the Why Is Gamora Award, uh, it's actually in the beginning, uh, towards the beginning of the film. It's it's where that part where they're walking outside. It's I'm sorry. It's that part where Marla and the narrator, Ed Norton, are walking outside uh, these support groups. And they're actually trying to divide these uh, these support groups up so that, you know, like, you know, their paths don't cross. And, you know, because, like, you could tell that them seeing each other just messes up, you know, just messes up their day. And so they wanted to divide these up evenly. So it's that one part in... Um, in while they're walking outside where Ed Norton goes and he, he's trying to get testicular cancer, that support group. And so Ed Norton goes, testicular cancer should be no contest, I think. And then Marley goes, well, technically, I have more of a right to be there than you. You still have your balls. <laughs> and then Ed Norton's like, you're kidding. <laughs> and then she goes, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I just thought <laughs> that that witty banter between the two of them. I just thought it was funny because Marla does have a point. She has every right to be there because you know most of the men in that group don't have testicular cancer. And actually, you know, Ed Norton's basically what a tourist. He calls Marla a tourist. He's really the tourist in that group because he does have his balls still. Yeah, that's true. She makes a point for sure. <laughs> And so I just thought it was a, it was a pretty funny line. Um, kind of a, I don't know. It got me, it got me comfortable. It's like, a, it's, it's something that happened early on and it's, uh, give you a little bit of levity um, and uh, got me definitely situated within the film. Um, so uh, let's move on to our next award. The next award is also one of my favorites. I mean, dude, all these awards are, are, are yeah, fun. They're, they're fun ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this next award is the Stan Lee Award for Best Cameo. And so, Jeremy, why don't you reveal who your winner is? So, I don't know if you're going to recognize this, but have you watched... Um, oh, actually, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it just yet. So, the actor's name is Holt McCallany. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, he was one of the you know, members of Fight Club. He was the mechanic 
that was trying to pick a fight with the priest. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> spraying, he was, spraying the water. <laughs> yeah, spraying the water on his Bible and oh, everything Bible. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also in David Fincher's Netflix show, Mindhunter, one of the mm-hmm. main leads. Interesting. Interesting. So I, if you haven't seen Mindhunter, I highly recommend it. David Fincher show. Uh, David Fincher does direct quite a bit of episodes of that show. I don't know if Netflix has canceled it yet, but he's like one of the main characters. Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know what? Mine is a uh, well. Mine's a little bit more random. Okay, and and it's funny because she plays herself. <laughs> so in in that one scene where uh, they are it, you know. Project Mayhem's already in full force, right? And remember, they're watching the TV, right, in in the house. And then, do you remember that one scene where they they portray the whole smiley face on the side of the building? It's mm. during that scene. And so, my winner for the Stanley Award for Best Cameo is Lauren Sanchez. So, Lauren Sanchez is the reporter in that scene, right? And mm-hmm. she plays herself as a TV reporter. And I remember. Back in the day, this is like early 2000s now, so almost 20 years. She used to be a reporter for Fox Sports Net, and she was like a recurring reporter that would appear on this, you know, random like variety sports show called The Best Damn Sports Show, period. And I used to watch that show a lot, and I used to kind of have a little bit of a crush on Lauren Sanchez. Well, the reason why this is significant now is that. I'm sure you know Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. the richest man alive yeah, on the planet right Amazon now. Is. <laughs> yeah. She's actually currently dating Jeff Bezos. Dang, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, look it up. And you know what? She still looks good. And she's uh, 50 now, I think. I looked it up. She's around 50 years old. And you know what? I thought it was pretty funny, too, because within that scene, she even got a She's hot from Jared Leto's character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of Jared Leto, though, one just quick quote uh, involving Jared Leto's character. Remember, like, the, one of their um, recruits? Apparently, his name is Ricky. I don't know. I'm looking at the quotes right now. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're kind of, like, starting to recruit people. Like, um, I think Robert Paulson was one of them uh, waiting outside. And the other one was Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. And I was, and they're basically like interviewing applicants and stuff. And he's like, uh, you're too old, fat man. And you, you are too fucking blonde. <laughs> I, was, I was cracking up. I was like, so did I. He was really <laughs> blonde in this movie. He was, man. And shoot, freaking Edward Norton beat his ass into the ground. Oh, I know he pounded his head like into the ground. Like uh, I was good, like five or six times at least, right? Yeah, that was. I thought he killed him. Yeah, dude, and his face was all messed up right after that. Yeah, <laughs> even later on, it's like you can see like half of his face was all messed up. So on to the next award. Um, it's I think one of our favorites. Actually, I know we've been saying this a lot uh, in this episode, but I this is definitely one of those because it does make us think a little bit. And so this next award is the Yinsen Award for most underrated character. Jeremy, who was your winner? 
my winner for the Jensen Award would be Robert Paulson. <laughs> you know, <meat laughs> his name and, is Robert Paulson. <laughs> yeah, Robert Paulson. Yeah, like just I didn't know he was going to be there that much of the movie. From basically from beginning to end, his legacy lives on. His name is it's Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson, and I I thought it was funny how you know I didn't expect him to be there that long and. Uh, just his interactions with Edward Norton in the beginning of the movie was so funny. <laughs> He's just this giant of a man just hugging, hugging Edward Norton. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then. Oh, sorry. Uh, f- funny thing. I wanted to mention this one random quote that I did want to mention as an honorable quote. I, and I don't have the quote in front of me, but I don't know if you remember this. So this is when they're hugging the first time. And you know, that one part where he's, where Ed Norton's literally got his face buried in um <laughs> in Robert Paulson's boobs. Yeah. And then he even leaves like tear marks or whatever. Yeah. As he puts his uh face in the middle of those two big watermelons, he's like I, I he's doing his voiceover. He's talking about getting lost in oblivion. And I just thought it was pretty funny with the timing of being lost in oblivion and his face like buried in those huge double or apps or whatever those are things are those things are huge yeah he he like left like a smiley face imprint with his tears or something like that (laughs) so good oh man anyway sorry didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead but yeah robert paulson he was there from the beginning surprisingly when he showed up uh, at tyler durden's house i was like okay we're gonna get more of him and unfortunately he meets his demise when they went out on Project Mayhem, so yeah, yeah. that that was brutal. I, I forgot that they showed like what happened to Robert Paulson. No wonder they uh, they made him a was it basically like a rally cry or a chant or whatever it was. Yeah, he became a martyr for them. Yeah, he did. There you go. That's that's the best word <laughs> <laughs> that you could describe. Well, my winner for the Yinsen Award uh, for for the for Fight Club is Richard Chesler. Richard Chesler is actually Ed Norton's boss in the film. And so uh, the reason why I picked him is that because he was always getting on Ed Norton's case throughout the film, I feel like it just kept pushing Ed Norton a little bit more to the edge, just like a little bit with each interaction. And I felt like without him being there, it, you know, like I feel like the one fake self fight that you know we were talking about at the beginning of the episode where where Ed Norton's character just fakes this one fight where he's getting beaten up but he's actually beating himself up in his boss's office and he beats himself up so badly and it looks so bad when people walked in that he was able to you know score what a computer a phone a fax machine which is, I guess, huge in 1999. <laughs> but then he also, you know, scores what a year's worth of paychecks. So it's like 52 weekly paychecks and 48 airline flight coupons. And so, without getting all of this, and without, you know, the boss, you know, just basically just pushing him over the edge, he basically indirectly bankrolls Project Mayhem <laughs> and Fight Club actually before that. And mm-hmm. so, I feel like. Without the boss, I mean, we don't get Fight Club. 
Dang, yeah. That's for sure, man. If if he didn't leave that job, no fight club. Not at least not in the way that it turned out to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, in that the way that Ed Norton looked after, you know, he's rolling the all that equipment out there and he had this stupid like grin on his face. And, you know, he like score. he just basically made out like he just stole from the company, but then he's like all bloodied and stuff. It just looked weird. It just thought it was, I just thought it was, it was a funny image. You know, it was, it was good. It was classic. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy, let's get into our next to last award. It's the Avengers assemble award for favorite scene. And so Jeremy, dude, Fight Club had so many scenes. You know what? Let's go ahead and actually have nominees for this uh, for this award. And so, Jeremy, go ahead and read all of the nominees that we do have uh, from Fight Club. All right. Here, really quick, some of our nominees uh, from hopefully chronological order. <laughs> the narrator support group montage in the beginning of the movie when he's jumping from support group to support group. I thought was really funny. Uh, the first fight between Tyler Durden and the narrator in front of the in front of the bar or back the bar it's another classic scene the welcome to fight club scene like we me and Ken talked about earlier another classic actually all of these could be classics yeah. uh, next nominee would be the chemical burn scene between Tyler Durden and the narrator ooh such a tense scene uh, another scene would be the self-fight scene in Richard's office, his boss, the narr- narrator's boss's office, like Ken was just talking about. Uh, the next scene would be Tyler's fight with Lou, the the mo- not mob boss. The, know, he the was owner. the owner of the yeah. He was the owner oh, yeah. of the tavern. It was Lou's yeah. tavern. <laughs> yeah, Lou's tavern. He was the owner of the place, and they were basically having their fight club in the basement. Uh, the next scene would be the re- the huge reveal of Tyler Durden is actually imaginary, uh, and that whole montage and the conversations that explain uh, Tyler Durden not being real, or not not exactly not being real, at least Brad Pitt not being real. <laughs> yeah, well, in the physical form, he's definitely real in terms of in. Tyler Durden's own head, that whole persona. Yeah. And then the last scene, last nominee would be the final fight leading to the final scene. Basically when Brad Pitt and, you know, and his shaved head and they're fighting uh, in front of the van and all that stuff. Uh, and Edward Norton is trying to stop Brad Pitt, but he's actually fighting himself. So it's all in his mind. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so uh, my scene, my favorite scene would probably be the self fight in his boss's office. I thought that was such a, I think it was a scene that he like did on his own. He didn't really have to like think uh, like rely on Tyler Durden in his mind. He just came up with it on the spot and became like this. He became Tyler Durden in that moment. And like you said, like was able to bankroll Fight Club and Project Mayhem after that. Uh, yeah, that's definitely an underrated scene because I mean it it it's so important because it jump starts a lot of like uh Project Mayhem. I mean, they they're able to get more money so that they could have more um more fight clubs 
you know, and they were able to get the the airline tickets so that they can open more fight club locations in, in different parts of the country. And uh, I mean, I, I alluded to it in my Yinsen award. I, I, I just love the look on the boss's face. He's like, what is this guy doing? You know, like <laughs> that was like a classic way that, you know, like his, his facial expression. He's just like, what is this nut job doing? And then obviously he came to re- realization when, uh, when people walked in and it just looks so bad when Ed Norton's all bloodied and, you know, all the stuff is all shattered and everything in the office. Yeah. He did a good job of beating himself up. He did. He pulled no punches on himself. No, he did it. <laughs> Basically I was waiting for the, I'm kicking my own ass. Do you mind? Missed <laughs> <laughs> <this> opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But well, I mean, I really wanted to, you know, either pick um, the Welcome to Fight Club. I mean, that's an obvious one. And then obviously the the reveal. I mean, just like the conversations, the way, you know, like the storytelling puts it all together for uh, us, the viewers. Uh, it, it, it's just the master way of uh, storytelling that, um, that was portrayed in this film. I went with um, this one scene. It's the scene where Brad Pitt gives his monologue and ends up fighting Lou in Lou's tavern. And uh, just like the monologue, I'll, I'll focus on the monologue a little bit. I'm, you know, some of the excerpts on here is it's still relevant to this day where he's talking about, and he's basically hyping up all of these uh, fight club members. He's going, he goes, man, I see in fight club, the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all the potential and I see squandering. God damn it. An entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs. We hate so we can buy shit. We don't need. We're the middle children of history, man. No purpose, no place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great, dep- uh, our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. And we're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. Monologue right there. I know. And, and I feel like if I was in there, and I don't know if you would also be there too, Dude, I would want to hit someone. You know, I'd be so hyped. <laughs> I, you know I mean? uh, okay, it's like right, right after that, just hit somebody, or you just start raging. You know, like I don't yeah, know, that's true. Start a mosh pit or something. I don't know. Uh, but and then after that, you know, Brad Pitt's about to get into like the whole rules, and then he gets interrupted by Lou, um, and I guess his friend or whatever. And then, dude, Lou beating Brad Pitt's ass, like literally, just like just wails on him and he's like so bloodied up but then the way brad pitt just plays just this crazy character like the laughs remember like with each time he gets hit oh mm-hmm. i got chills when brad pitt was like yeah dude it was pretty crazy and then like when he turned the tables and like he's basically splashing all of that blood that's pouring from his face like on the loo and it basically scared loo yeah it, oh man i just thought it was uh, it was such a good scene. Jared yeah. Leto was there. He should have took some pointers for his Joker. 
<laughs> no, dude. <laughs> Suicide Ooh. Squad, man. <laughs> Who knew that Joker would be the weakest part of Suicide Squad? I know. Anyway, it's all it's all connected, right? Yeah, it's all connected. Well, anyway, that was my winner of the Avengers Assemble Award, and so um, I think this is really our both our favorite segment. This is where we have bragging rights. Yeah, Com- and so, a little bit of competition. Yes, I, I think we're both pretty competitive, and so Fairly. I don't know. I, I felt like last week I was surprised that I, 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 you know, was able to get the point on this um, segment, the guest Rotten Tomato score uh, segment. And I think as much as you're probably surprised that you got the point on my week when when we were talking about Chef. I know. Dude, so it's pretty close right now. I'm up four three. So yes. and you know what? And we're we're tightening it up this week. I already know. Uh, oh, I feel like I, I feel like I got a good grasp. I didn't think about it again. I'm going with the same philosophy as last week. And so we're gonna guess the rotten tomato score. And so Jeremy, oh wait, before we begin, I wanted to reiterate that these are scores that we came up beforehand. Jeremy hasn't told me his score. I haven't told him my score, and we haven't looked it up on the Rotten Tomatoes website. And so, Jeremy, with that being said, what score do you think Fight Club got on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm guessing a 95%. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, we're pretty close with these. I don't know how we get... So close. Uh, I'm hearing this for the first time. Jeremy, my guess Uh-oh. is a 94. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Woo-wee. All right. So uh, I'm going to look this up now uh, live I'm on the Rotten Tomatoes website. Let's see. Fight Club and Fight Club. Did they not rate it? Oh, here it is. I was about to say. <laughs> Come on, man. Fight all right all right fight club on rotten tomatoes and it looks like i have pulled even because no. the rotten tomato score is actually a little low we we overshot this one by a lot rotten tomatoes gave it a 79 holy crap i know and it's funny too because you know how they have the audience score the audience score gave it 96 so you know, I feel like we're, we're pretty close, but I think both of us were way off. But you know what? I was closer to being <laughs> way off. <laughs> hey, man, I'm surprised. Fight Club. I know. I would have thought that that would have been at least in the 90s for sure. 79. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm actually at a loss for words as well. Come on, Ron Tomatoes. You got to be better. Be better. I feel like there's other like 79% movies that are clearly not as good as this movie. I know. Seriously, they should easily be in the 50s or 60s. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, uh, we were dumbfounded by the score. But, hey, I have pulled even. So going into next week, we're going to be tied up 4-4. Oh, Sweet. man. Two, game winning, uh, two weeks winning streak. I like it. I like All it. All right. All right, so Jeremy, we're about to give out our final award 
of the episode. And uh, this final award is called the I Love You 3000 Award. And this is where we rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 3000. So, Jeremy, how would you rate Fight Club? I'm going to rate it 2720 out of 3000. This is a 90%. Oh, 90%. Okay. Um, I gave it a little higher, actually. It's probably might be one of the few times that I rate a, high, a, a movie higher than you. I gave this movie a twenty seven thirty nine out of three thousand, and that is equivalent to ninety one point three percent. And so I don't know. It's just I feel like the classic scenes just do it for me. It, it's it just makes it the most rewatchable. Yeah, there's certain scenes that we did talk about that really didn't age so well within the last 20 years, but you know, I'm going to give it a pass. Something that was created in the late nineties. Yeah. I I definitely like maybe it would have scored maybe a little bit higher if I wasn't spoiled, you know, just the experience was, could have been better, I guess. But like when I was watching or streaming it, I was like, uh, and kind of halfway, I was like, Oh, I'm going to, finish it the, the second half later but then i just kept watching <laughs> yeah, like, I see that. it's like ah, it's like i gotta I'll, I'll finish watching it later but it's like all right it's like oh the movie's done <laughs> so yeah because it's more of like a curiosity right like yeah you, you're like dude it, it's like some parts of the movie are so crazy that you just want to keep watching it's like okay what are they gonna what are they gonna portray next what are they gonna show next mm-hmm 79% too low. I can I can maybe agree with like, you know, high 80s. Mm-hmm. Mid to high 80s at the lowest. Yeah, mid to high 80s. 85% minimum. Yeah, but man, 79. I, I'm still kind of kind of shook. I'm shooketh by that. <laughs> Especially how much you hear about that movie. I know. I, you know what? I feel like Rotten Tomatoes always goes on the higher end of these Exactly. Movies, That's why right? I went 95, man. <laughs> Shoot. Well, anyway, um, Jeremy, want to preview next week's episode? Yeah. Well, next week, let's jump back in time to 1985 and into the martial arts world of Jackie Chan in Police Story, which is also directed by and starring Jackie Chan. It's one of my favorite Jackie Chan films. I think it's a classic action movie that everyone should check out if they love stunts and fast action so i'm excited to share that with you ken yeah i i definitely haven't seen it yet i've always been a huge huge fan of jackie chan i mean obviously the rush hour trilogy um i remember uh was a drunken master i forget the name of the the yeah drunken master is a good one yeah that is stuff like that i mean and jackie chan is always entertaining and he'll always get you in a good mood. And so uh, I'm definitely looking forward to watching Police Story for the first time. And uh, yeah, definitely excited to share that with with all of you listeners out there. Yeah, well, because when I first, well, I don't want to talk about it too much. Ken's going to be watching the subbed version, not dubbed version. Yes, I prefer the subbed version because, you know, at least I'm not going to be distracted by mouths moving and it not matching up with what's <laughs> what's being dubbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at least you get that as your first watch. My first watch was uh, dubbed. So, well, there you go. There you go. Definitely looking forward to watching some action and some comedy, especially with Jackie Chan. 
always entertaining. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Jeremy, how can people find you? Yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow me at JP underscore flicks. I'm a little bit more active on Twitter than Instagram. Uh, who knows? I just got a cat. Uh, so maybe I'll start posting pictures of my cat on Instagram. Who knows? Uh, but if you want to follow me on YouTube, you can follow me at uh, Jeremy Pullenbarit, and I'll definitely have more movie reviews to come on that channel. Yes, the cat. And it's kind of a throwback to the first two episodes of our podcast. And so um, definitely need to get an update on that. Maybe maybe next week. We'll see. Next you week. guys got to tune in to hear <laughs> all that. <laughs> on the cat adventures of Jeremy and cat. <laughs> yeah. Unnamed cat, right? Still unnamed officially? cat so far. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram or both, you can follow me at freaking A. Uh, that's free underscore Ken underscore A. And uh, I'm pretty active. I think I've accepted my fate in terms of being active <laughs> on social media. Uh, I guess it comes with the territory with uh, trying to market. Uh, this little podcast that we do have here. And so I'm definitely uh, getting into the swing of things. And so um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention, Jeremy, before we uh, call it an episode? Yeah, Fight Club surprisingly isn't too much about Fight Club. It's very much of the character of the narrator and Ty- Tyler Durden. I was yes. surprised. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's got layers for sure. And you know what? If you do watch it a little bit more, you're going to catch some new <laughs> new stuff. Because I know I did. <laughs> it's one of those movies for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely had fun talking about Fight Club with Jeremy. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jeremy. I kind of wish you weren't spoiled, uh, just like you mentioned about the, the whole twist. Because I feel like that twist is a lot. It, it does. It, it completes the whole experience to be able to see that, uh, to see that and experience that without being spoiled and so but i'm still glad that you did enjoy it i want to thank you all listeners for uh tuning in to uh this episode of the weekly real podcast tune in next week for police story i'm definitely looking forward to checking that out and we'll see you next week on the real <laughs>